Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time around on the Art Craft Truth podcast, actor, singer, dancer, director, choreographer, Dan Dominich, from aspiring actor in local theater on Long Island to a working actor on Broadway in shows like Rent, Heathers, Rock of Ages, to television shows like Glee and Gotham. We're going to explore in this conversation the details and the discipline and the love it takes to be a true working artist. I hope you enjoy it. Dan Dominich. All right, let me just make sure everything seems to be rolling correctly. We're rolling sound. Do you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you great. You hear me great. All right, we have Cameras speed. rolling, cameras rolling, cameras rolling. All right, so this is fun. Okay, cool. great. <laughs> All right, so Dan, uh, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, thanks for coming on board. Yeah, uh, of course. I appreciate that. And uh, before we even begin uh, this podcast, once again, uh, I have to thank our buddy uh, Ed, Ed Uther, and... Uh, and uh, and his id unleashed productions once again he's out there getting guests for me so uh, he, he's he's my pal he's your pal and, and he's the one who got you on here so I really appreciate Ed yeah. um, and uh, and everything he's done for me and of course his production company is id unleashed so uh, definitely check id unleashed out he's my not only my producer my sponsor my everything right now so he's uh, he's the man how do you know Ed yeah. how do you, how do you guys go back. Uh, we used to do shows together at the Cultural Arts Playhouse on Long Island. Oh, cool! Very cool. Yeah, yeah, in Plainview. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, you're a Long Islander. We're gonna we're gonna bounce around a little bit, and I know Ed gave you probably a little a, a little brief on kind of what this is. Um, mm-hmm. It is a. We're gonna talk about your career and, and retrospective and stuff, but really, what I like to focus on with this is the craft. You know how you mm-hmm. how you do what you do, the tools you use, how you learned it, all that stuff. That's that's the the real focus of it. So. Um, uh, we're going to really focus on that. But before we even get into where you're from and all that stuff, I just heard uh, he sent me a clip. You were, Talk about your experience. You just were on a ship for, uh, you know, uh, how long for, for this whole COVID uh, uh, quarantine thing. What was that about? Oh, yeah, that was nuts. Um, yeah, I got this great contract to go out and uh, go through the Caribbean and through the Baltic Sea and sing some songs and uh we ended up getting stuck out there and and, in a little uh fight between these cruise ship companies and the uh and the cdc it was it was it was a journey but we got home (laughs) we ended up (laughs) we got a little bit of attention wow how long were you out at sea um i was out there for we, we were stuck for 60 days i think i went out there in we started rehearsing in january i think we went on the ship in maybe like march holy cow yeah. And what's the what's the gig on that? Is it like a review or something, or is it a full show, or what were you supposed to be doing on the show? Um, there's a couple things that you do. Um, we had uh, some big production shows. We had some more intimate shows. And then uh, if you could put something together for yourself, um, you can go and just do a solo show. It's, uh, it's a really welcoming environment. They welcome creativity and people that are out there making their own stuff. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed how, how it. It was long, one of the best gigs I had. How long were you supposed to be out there? Uh, until October. 
till October. Yeah, I got home in May, but I was supposed to be out there till October. But you were supposed to be performing till October instead. Yeah. Instead, you were just chilling, having the buffet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a trip, man. Uh, what was the what was the feeling like? You know, dur I mean, were you aware of you know what was going on in the rest of the world and and all that stuff and just um, kind of. I mean, we we knew that. Uh, something was up. We just didn't know what. And we were getting all these rules to follow from the people that were in charge there on the ship. But um, we didn't know that those same rules were being applied to people back uh, here at home and around the world. Wow. It was, that was a bit of an eye opener coming home and thinking, oh, everyone's doing here what we were doing on the ship when really it was everybody on the ship is doing what everyone around the world is doing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it you, seemed like a very personal you, experience. How did you keep home. yourself entertained, all you entertainers? <laughs> well, it, when it first started out, uh, before we went into lockdown, we were trying to entertain the crew because we were on a 5,000-person vessel. Wow. And there was only 1,500 of us on there. Wow. So we were trying to keep everyone entertained and happy and, and you know, trying to get through it because we didn't know that it was going to be such a, a long haul. Right. Um. But after we all went into lockdown, I mean, we had some group threads going that were nice. Uh, we have internet out there, so it was easy to keep in touch with people back home. Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, that was it. Just just trying to entertain each other. Very cool. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you made it. You're healthy. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. yeah. Feeling good. good feeling good. good. I think we're at the point with this thing now, though, that, that everyone knows someone or knows someone that knows someone that has had this. Yeah, yeah. In a, weird it is weird yeah well as uh, as ed knows uh, i had it back in march uh, so that was uh, i it was a tough haul but uh, we got through it so uh, i'm looking forward to getting over this hump and, and moving yeah. moving forward so let's yeah. talk about home a little bit you're a long islander correct i am yeah I'm from uh, farmingdale farmingdale all right so not too far from where i'm recording this right now not so um so as a kid uh were you always uh artistically inclined did you want to be an actor did you want to be a singer and dancer and all that stuff or how did that all come into your life um i got that bug when i was in fourth grade i kind of always wanted it but uh there was this one talent show that really just kind of solidified it being on stage in front of an audience and that feeling that that exchange of 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 energy mm. that happens on a stage that everyone talks about in our industry when it, and it quite literally is that, you know, you, you give everything you have on that stage and then the people respond or they don't. Right. And, and the minute you feel that it's, it's addicting. And then you start doing it with your friends. Uh, that's when I met, you know, Ed and all of them. And it becomes this thing that you do with your friends and it's like the most fun you've had in your life. <laughs> and, and you don't think you could do it for a living and get paid to do it. Uh, and then you get out there and it's, you're, you're in the Super Bowl at that point, <laughs> just trying to... <laughs> Very cool. So what was that first thing you did? What was, do you remember your uh, your bit? The first professional job? No, no, the, no, I'm talking about the talent show, man. What was the first thing? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, was... I sang a, a song called Holidays from uh, a show called, um, a TV show called Hey Vern, it's Ernest, a kid show. <laughs> Jim Varney was the host. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vern, he was Vern, right? Or Ernest, he was Ernest, wow. yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, I loved that show when I was a kid and there was this one song that that popped up you can find it on YouTube about the the days of the or the months of the year and all the holidays that happened and this guy is saying why isn't there a holiday for me right and it's uh it's a, it's great it's a great little tune right yeah. and you felt that vibe from that audience right away and we're like okay this yeah. is this is what we're doing we're going to do this <laughs> yeah yeah so you did uh you did Long Island theater for a while what was what kind of stuff did you do out here 
before, oh man, we did a became bunch. a Broadway star that you are. <laughs> we, we, we did a bunch of stuff out here. It was fun. Most of it was at the Cap Center. Right. Um, it was nice because it was only a 15 minute drive from home. Right. And um, and we were all around the same age, and and it was a very like welcoming, accepting environment. So we did shows like we did Tommy songs for a New World, The Music Man, Big, uh, cool. Parade, Chorus Line, like all the things. Right. Yeah, it was, and were you were you always uh, it was always musical theater for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- yeah. Singer dancer type stuff, and uh... yeah, I, it, and because we were doing it there every day, and sometimes rehearsing one show during the week and performing another show on the weekends, that's where we got our training from. It was just, it was just there was never there was rarely a day that we weren't performing mm. or practicing performing or hanging out at someone's house, making each other laugh, which is performing. <laughs> right, right. Um, so being in it like that, it didn't feel like we were being trained. It didn't feel like I was, you know, learning something new. It was just like messing around with my friends. And then you get into it for real and you're like, oh, oh there are people that went to school for this. <laughs> and we were just doing it with each other because it was fun, right. like day in and day out. Right. And that's the best way to learn is that, that Absolutely. constant. Well, let's talk about other training. Did you, did you, uh, did you end up uh, taking classes, going to school, doing any kind of uh, formal training for what you do? <laughs> no, I wanted to. I wanted to make video games for a living. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, I still play video games. So like, thing. so like coding and programming and creating and that kind of stuff. Like doing. Well, I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how it all came together. But I always knew that every game that I was playing, or, or I just I love the the artistic aspect of it. There was a game called Killer Instinct that I was really into, and it was. Uh, I remember seeing it in the arcade at at, at Galaxy. In the in the Sunrise Mall, that's which right. doesn't even exist that's, anymore, that's right. that's right. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to make these." I was like, "Cause as a kid, you got this wild imagination. You have all these images that you can make up in your head." And I'm like, "How do I put that on paper?" I'm like, right. "I can't draw, so let me make games because that's like electronic, and I love playing them. It should be easy, right? Right? Yes. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Just press a button. Just press. Yeah. A button. But uh. You know, my, my friends at CAP, they encouraged me to start auditioning in the city. And, um, you know, I would try going to school for psychology, for music, for all these different things. And nothing was clicking. It never right. felt right. And then I booked that first job um, out of, I went to a trade school for computer graphics. Wow. Because I thought that was the route. Yeah. And two weeks out, I booked rent and went on the road and and that was it. Wow. So how did you, how did you, that's, you did a touring uh, thing of rent. How did you get that gig? What was that? Where did you find the, uh, the audition? How did you get in there? What, what was that about? Um, back in the day, we used to get our auditions from a magazine, from Backstage Magazine. That's right. When it was a piece they, of paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, it was that typical, like, for some reason, I felt like I really needed to have a red marker to circle the auditions I was going to go on. And so I did that. And, uh, you know, you have your mom drive you to the train station and you take the Long Island Railroad in two, three times a week wow. and uh, and just audition. But nothing hit for like a good four years. I was just going in and out. And, uh, and at that were, point... These were all open calls? These were all just... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know... Like at that point, um, one of the biggest casting directors in New York now was just starting out. They had a tiny office in, in Chelsea, and and it was they were the ones that were that were casting Rent. And then you start talking to friends or friends of friends, and it's like, oh, my friend got a callback. Oh, my friend got a callback. And then you start to think, 
oh, so it's a lot of people are getting callbacks. It's not a thing. <laughs> 14 callbacks later, I got in. Wow. <laughs> 14. Wow. They don't, I don't think they do it like that anymore, but that was a yeah. very unique experience. And, and when you're getting down to those last few and it, and it, it seems like you got a shot at getting this professional gig. What is that? What are you thinking? As a, I mean, as a, as a kid doing this, I mean, what are, you, are you like, wow, this is, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah, I guess it's, after you go in so many times, you start to, you don't lose faith, but you learn to let go of things very quickly. So there was never a feeling of like, this is going to be the one. It was always like, okay, what's next? Okay, give me the next one. Okay, give me the next one. And eventually it should hit. Right. Um, and then you get it and it's, it's super exciting. Of course, the people that have been with you for the whole ride are super excited for you and you get there and it's, especially then for that particular show, we were, were all very green. It was a lot of our first, a lot of people in that cast, it was their first professional job. And, uh, and so we were just this little band of misfits that just, it was, it felt like community theater, but with, you know, million dollars <laughs> worth of production value. Yeah, and where and uh, where did you end up touring? Where did you go? Oh gosh, that was back in two thousand two. So I don't. Yeah, you got to. We were all over the U.S. Yeah, right. Yeah, that first one was all. I've been to forty nine states. The only place I haven't been to is Hawaii. Mm. Um, We the second tour I did went to China, so we did you know Hong Kong, Osaka. We went to Japan. We went to Korea. Wow, how cool Um, was that? That was great. Oh, it was great. I ended up going back there with another show about maybe like five or six years ago. It's, it's so cool over there. The culture, they have thousands of years of history right. and it's, uh, it's a, it's a very magical place. Well, for the, uh, for the young sort of actor, aspiring actor, who's, you know, maybe listening or watching this, what is that? Is that like the minor leagues in baseball? Like what is that gig on the road? Like, is it hotels and, you know, scrapping together with a roommate? I mean, what, what is the actual, <laughs> nuts and bolts of that experience like for the, the um artist. it's all about like what you can negotiate <laughs> into your contract <laughs> but um it is it, i mean it was i i personally love being on the road mm. i love going to new cities you know every week every two weeks every month it's not for everybody and so it's i can't say that it's one thing or another because it's such an individual there are people that are out on on tours right now that don't want to be out there, right. but they're out there because it's a job right. or people that um, don't like the hotels they're staying in and, and are demanding something um, better. But, you know, the more you do this and the more you try to understand the other side of things, it costs a lot of money. Sure. It costs a lot of money and it's, you got to be very organized and uh, you could see looking back where all the pitfalls were with your experiences that you wouldn't even have thought of. Like when we went to, um where was it i think it was china there was a hotel we got to was it china yeah it was hong it was just outside of hong kong we were in this hotel and the rooms were tiny and the we had twin beds which weren't regular size twin beds they were actually shorter and a couple of us are over six foot three (laughs) so we would get in these beds and you couldn't fit well the whole cast convened in the lobby and said, we're not staying here or else we're, we're not going to perform because we can't stay in, in, in rooms like this. There's no room. And, and our poor general manager had to, had to find, or road manager had to find a new hotel for us that night so wow. that we could, you know, be comfortable. There's so many things that go on. So wow. but I love that stuff. I love it. And what, and is the schedule rigorous? Is it like, you know, 
show, get up, go to sleep, show. I mean, what is this, you know, what's that like? Travel, um, show, like, is it is it hectic or is it? Uh... You get into a routine yeah. easily. Yeah, you, you learn to sleep on the bus, uh, <laughs> which is, believe it or not, the bus is much better than going through airports every week because you don't have to drag your luggage. Right. You don't have to wait in lines. You don't, it's, you don't have to deal with like big crowds. Mm -hmm. What you do is when you get up, you go out to the bus, throw your luggage underneath, head in, go to sleep and you wake up in a new place. It's great. Wow. Um, and then, you know, you get, you get good with your fitness. You go to the gym to every new hotel you go to. Everyone says, where's the gym? What's the gym <laughs> right. look like? What, and that, that keeps you going. That's a good thing in your routine. You watch a diet. Uh, it's one thing I've learned is once you're performing at the top of whatever your level is, literally a slice of pizza can make you feel like garbage that night for your show. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. if you're, if you change up things too much, right. it's, it throws the whole machine off. It's really interesting. Wow. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for some, not good for others. I don't know if I could do it now. My last tour was like long tour mm. it was 10 years ago. Right. Other than that, it's been, you go out for a gig for like a week and then come back to New York. Right. And you go here for two days and then you come back to New York. So there's always coming right. back home. Right. And my guess is you're probably going to avoid some boats for a while. That's my guess. You'd think that, but I'm you know what? I, I <laughs> look, even after nine 11 happened, I was on a, I was on a plane in October All right. because I felt like that's the safest time now <laughs> directly after something like this happens, tensions are high. Right. They don't want, stuff to go wrong right. they don't want it to go wrong so yeah now's the time to go right. don't go when they get relaxed go now if they're gonna scrub that cabin down for you that'd be no problem <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they just did a uh, i just read that um royal did a uh a survey of people if they wanted to go back on on ships or not you would think you know 100 people a thousand people would volunteer they wanted to do they want to get permission to do a cruise to prove they can have a covid free cruise right. and they were asking for volunteers a hundred thousand people signed up wow it's like wow people are hungry for this yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i mean i think that's the, uh, the it's it speaks uh positively for hopefully for what we do which is when all this clears folks like you performers like uh, all of us are i think there's going to be a hunger to get back in especially for live theater yeah. where you just need other human beings i mean this is great you know Thanks. we're zooming and we're, it's sort of the the law of the land now but you know, I much prefer if you were sitting right here. And I think most people need to get back to that. So once we get those therapeutics and those vaccines or whatever that hump is that we clear, mm -hmm. I think performers and entertainers are going to be very happy because people are dying to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, so let's get back to, uh, so in, in school as a kid, mm -hmm. you're not, you're not really you know, are you studying this or like I said, is there any other than just the local theater and stuff, there really was no formal training for you. You just, you had a natural sort of a talent for it or, or how did that work? I want to um, get into the craft I think it was part of it for you. In, hmm? I want to get into the craft part of it for you. Like how you learned what you do and how you do you, what you do. I think it was really an, what you, an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> <laughs> i think you have to be a little nuts mm -hmm. if you're gonna go and try to play at the top of whatever game you're in you gotta be a little crazy about it right. you gotta have a bit of an unhealthy um obsession with it because and how did that as hard as how did mm -hmm. that manifest for you what what is that what did that look like is that like singing every day is it just pounding the pace like what does that look like for you like the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed you're always thinking about 
singing or performing or listening to music or practice, you know, any, everything all day, every day, every waking moment that you have when you're in the car, when you're in the shower, before you go to bed, like everything, you got to put yourself in that world. It's more of a lifestyle. It's not something that you say, I'm going to allot this much time for this here every single day. It's, this is what I do. This is the life I live. And the minute you take yourself out of that, everyone else passes you by because that's what they're doing. Fascinating. And what is, what do you think that, how does that, because I guess the struggle for everybody is what does that do to the rest of your life? What does that do to the circles around you? Are you, are you just circle Mm -hmm. um, in with other people who are the same of the same mindset or people drop off, people come in? How does that work? You have to surround yourself with people like that or else you're going to fall out of it. You're going to find something else that distracts you. You know, the people that you got to surround yourself with people that are hustling like you with people that are in the industry that you're in, especially when it comes to, um, you know, there becomes a point, um, there comes a point where you start to see the same people over and over at auditions Mm. and everyone's working. It feels like competition, but at the end of the day, if you don't get one job, you're going to get another, especially if you're working at that level. And you start to, if you have enough mindset to not think of them as taking work away from you, you can give work to each other. Like I have two or three guys right now that I know that I can, if I can't do some, I got, I can call them and say, Hey, are you free? Can you do this? And I know they're going to deliver. And the person that is talking to me knows that I'm not going to give them somebody that's not going to deliver. And it's, and it's like a, it's like a sharing Thing. That's great. That's fa- I mean, yeah. I think I think a lot of people don't understand that about the business. It's it's it seems so cutthroat or this or that, but there is a sort of referral, you know, brotherhood, sisterhood thing that happens where everybody mm-hmm. knows what everybody can do, and we we can kind of toss off to each other, you know. And there's got to be, but it's you're not going to come. up I mean, everyone's not going to be like like that, <laughs> especially when you start working a lot. You're going to have a target on your back. There's going to be people that don't like you for God knows what reason. Right. And that's, and that's fine, but you have to have enough mindset to not push back against that because, you know, you have one asshole in the room that doesn't like you and now you start throwing shit back at him and now you have two assholes in the room that nobody likes because they're fighting all the time. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, it seems like it's working for you so far, so that's good. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm along for the ride. That's what it's all about. So, uh, so out of rent. So first of all, that first tour, how old are you at that point? Uh, 22 22 all right so do you did you get um you get representation right away did you get an agent are you are you now looking to move on to the next thing once that's coming to an end how does that work um when did i get my agent i don't remember when i got my agent but that was back when you would just shove a bunch of headshots and resumes in manila envelopes and send them off to every agent on every piece of paper you could find and i I must have sent hundreds out and i heard back from one yeah and that was the one person that that helped kick start things off for me um after i'd gone through all that non-union work right um because you do you just need an agent to get yourself in the door i mean you can i mean that's like 90 percent true <laughs> there's the other 10 percent that have the balls to just walk in and be like i'm great and you're gonna hire me and so most of them do get hired right because right. they're that good and but he... you better be good if you're gonna do, pull some stuff like that so out of that first tour, what's the, what's the next thing that kind of comes your way? Is it, is it, does it follow pretty quickly? Are you now kind of in the mix of this or, or is it still a struggle at that point? Um, well, my understanding of it all is that, you know, once you're, once the casting director knows who you are and what you can do and, and how you did on that show, because they all do talk, uh, you get, I got phone calls for my next two tours that I, I didn't have to audition for them. And then I got an audition through that agent that I had gotten for sister act. 
the musical at the Pasadena Playhouse. Uh, and this was when it was being created. We got there and there was the room to rehearse in. And then there was a room of people that were copying music and printing things out and wow. getting new pages every day. And it was, we were creating these characters. Wow. Um, that was awesome. I met so many people through that. And that was in LA. So then you're meeting, you're really meeting everybody. Right. And, Talk about um, that process a little bit because, I mean, that's a, that's really unusual. You're at you're in at the ground floor of a piece that's forming, and yeah. so are you. Are they're taking your input. I mean, what what is your yeah. involvement in the creation of the of the characters? Like, how did you? What was the working day like? Yeah. Well, you walk in. Well, we had we were working. Alan Menken was doing the music. Peter Schneider was directing. Then, who used to be the head of Disney Animation, and Mike. I think he was the guy that made the deal between Disney and Pixar. Like he's a he's a huge deal. Right. He has a documentary called Waking Sleeping Beauty that wow. that'll tell you exactly who he is. And uh, Marguerite Dirks was our choreographer, who's a three time Emmy Award winning choreographer out of L.A. Who, if you Google her, she's done everything. So we had this crazy team of creatives, and when you walk in there, you have two options that are that are going around in your head if you really don't know what to do you're like do i, do I sit and wait for them to say it because they're the brilliance or do i take chances and put things out there and hope that they like them or don't like them and that's the right answer <laughs> you put out everything that you have and if you're wrong it's okay because those people don't care if you're wrong they just want to find the thing that's right so they're like oh no that didn't work do something else it's mm -hmm. like great and you just start going through taking chances putting your best work that you can out there without thinking twice. Wow. And eventually you do something and the whole room has a reaction, whether it's laughter, whether it's crying, whether it, you could feel it and you're like, that's the answer. That's the right one. And that's what you move with. So what does that, what does that actually look like? Is it, was it like literal, you know, uh, sing a few bars of this or, or, or improv a line of that? Like what, what were the things that you were putting out? Was it, was it just kind of a, a rehearsal process where things are being thrown out like yeah just yeah you take like any other rehearsal process that you've been in even the one like the ones that we were doing at, at cap you sit there with the music in your hands and the, and the lines and you say them out loud and then you try them different ways mm. and you wait for a reaction or you just make a strong choice and your director is there to help guide you and tell you you know what's working and what's not and if you're really stuck for a choice then you can say hey tell me what to do right but they really do want you at, especially at that level they want to hire you, they, they want you to do what you do. Right. They're, they're not waiting to tell, they don't want someone that's gonna come in and say, tell me everything you need me to do. I'm right. here to follow your orders. Right. It's like, no, we hired you because you're great. Do the thing that you do and we'll tell you when you go off track. Right. At yeah. what point uh, as an artist do you, do you know you have that to bring to the table? Was it there? Was it before where you go, uh, where you say, you know, I belong, I belong in this room and I, and what I'm going to give you is gold at this point. I know, I, I know I play in this league. Um, I don't know. I think there was, there's always a little bit of doubt in the back of your head when you're starting out in the industry. And then you hear enough from your friends about, you know, your family is always going to be on your side. They're always going to be like, you're great. You it's hope like, so. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> I want to hear it from someone that doesn't know me. Right. And then your friends tell you, and, and you still question, are my friends just, you know, saying that because they want me to feel good, because they want me to succeed, but like, who's really going to say it? Then you start to hear it from people in the audition room that don't know you from Adam, or they, you know, you go into a rehearsal room, or you go into a, a, a show, and you're working with people you've looked up to, and they come over and say, hey, that was great. And you're like, holy 
shit, so-and-so just said I'm great. And you get that affirmation from from other professionals and and, and people that don't know what you do. And then you start to believe it. Um, Yeah, it's, it's... you can't really like say like this is the moment I said it. Right. You know, it's but, kind of a gradual it's a build. gradual feeling. So so would you consider yourself through all this? I mean, now you're you're a, a, you know this total performer, but during all this process as you're getting these gigs, were you a a singer dancer, a dancer singer, an actress? Like what was your strength? where did you find your strength and what why would that why would you say that? Oh, it was singing. Singing. Fully. Yeah, 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 cuz it was um I, I saw the biggest response from the singing when mm-hmm. I started out, but you had to know how to dance <laughs> if you're going to do theater. <laughs> and then you have to know how to act if you want to play parts. Right. So you kind of have to do them all. I mean, you don't have to, that's a lie. That's a complete lie. You don't have to do them all. If you want to start playing leads or like supporting leads or yeah, in a musical, yes, you should know how to do all three, at least right. somewhat good. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push one more time and try and pin you down here a little bit, which is, how are you how are you developing your craft like were you just did you have a vocal coach did you have a a movement coach did you take acting classes did you ever do any kind of formal stuff or is it literally just working and and yeah i well yeah i had the i had a voice teacher okay for a little bit that was fun um one thing i noticed is that they were good at at kind of like steering your ship but they can't again tell you what to do it's a lot of trial and error you record yourself singing every day Mm. you watch back you watch tapes from shows that you've done which was easier to do in community theater than it is to do professionally because they make archival recordings when you do um like a, a union show right. but they don't let you watch it <laughs> and so you have to like sneak videos to go see it and it's like everyone's like ah don't don't tape it that you can't do that meanwhile every show literally is taped by somebody with a cell phone that's like i need to see what i'm doing so right. i can fix it right that's one of my hugest that's like the one of the my biggest gripes um is 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 that whole like coveting of, of these archival videos and not letting the actors that are performing in them watch their own performances right. which is one of the best ways to get better at what you're doing so it literally yeah. is it's it's literally like like a stand-up comic recording their set or a, or a major league baseball player you know shooting their batting practice you're literally watching yourself and going okay twist tweak mm-hmm. fascinating that's incredible literally to, down to the syllable Wow. Like, that's how obsessed you have to be, down to the syllable. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. And it takes a tremendous amount of discipline, I would imagine. Although you're enjoying it, it is your life and you're having fun. It's, there is a, there's something where you got to remind yourself to keep pushing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Um, when it's so much fun, it's easy to, mm-hmm. to push because it doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel like a discipline. It feels just like an obsession. Mm. But um, when you do it for a long time, the minute you kind of start to feel yourself slip, that's when the discipline comes in. Like, I've been at it now for 10 years, and it's like, oh, gosh, I'm tired. It's like, no, you got to focus. You got to get that laser focus on what you're doing and, and almost shut everything else out in your life. It's There's a balance to be had, but there's definitely a time to focus on work and a time to you know, focus on the other things in life that are wow. equally important over time. Yeah. I would, I would imagine that balance, uh, it's like a sine wave. It'll change over time. You know, it's yeah. more of this, a little less of this, a little more of this. A little... Yeah. So in this, now you're in the Pasadena thing and, and you're, you're really, the, the levels are stepping up now for you. You know, you're, it's, are yeah. you, do you have a career focus at this point, at that point where you're saying, 
from here, I want to do this or, or, or is it just literally next job, next job? How are you yeah. approaching your career? Yeah. Um, it was next job, next job, because we were, we, when I booked that job, I was told it was going to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know just how many shows don't make it to Broadway <laughs> at that point. But I'm like, it's Alan Menken, it's Peter Schneider. Of course it's going to go, which eventually it did. Right. It just didn't go with that cast because <laughs> they ended up bringing it to the UK oh, wow. and they didn't bring everyone with them, which we were all like, why wouldn't they do that? Then when you think about how much it costs to fly a cast, house them, feed them, give them a paycheck, like, right. oh, that's why. Yeah, we'll get those British actors. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we all got fired. It was all just like, sorry, you're not coming with us. And back to square one, but I was embarrassed. So I, I hightailed it to LA because I was like, I can't stay in New York. I am so like ashamed of this whole thing. Why? What was What was the... Um, I had a, you know, it was all ego back then because mm. I was telling everyone I'm going to be on Broadway and now I'm not. And I'm like, they're all going to laugh at me, you oh, know, wow. that whole feeling. Wow. Um, so I hightailed it to LA and ended up working with the choreographer from the show for the next four years doing TV and film, which ended up being equally awesome, but not where my heart was at. Now, let me, let's talk about that a little bit because, uh, again, your, your concentration is, uh, you're a singer first in your mm-hmm. mind. Where does where does it come out that you're working with a choreographer and becoming you you ended up working on some big some fun television stuff as a choreographer mm-hmm. right yeah so what is how, yeah well how, how does that come be, into I, your life how does that even happen well it was um, in between like I had gone through a really big breakup around that time and also losing that job mm. so I I didn't instead of cowering in the corner I went way in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and and became extremely uh, unfiltered with my opinions about the industry and what it meant to be in the industry. And that worked uh, for her because I was throwing out ideas that some would get used again and some didn't. And I just learned to live in that creative space that way. And, um, and she was like, why don't you come out to LA? I'll keep you busy. And I was living in a world that someone with, with someone that let me have a voice, mm. uh, which no one had I, I thought no one had let me have before that, which is not true because, you know, when you're creating a character like the Woman's Sister Act, that's all you have is your voice. You're throwing out all these ideas, right? right. But it felt more focused and concentrated uh, because it was just the two of us. And and so you, the first job I was on was Rush Hour 3, and I show up, and when someone goes, damn, what do you think? It's like, yes, <laughs> someone wants to know what's going on in my head. It's like the best feeling in the world. Um and then you're working with these big producers and even those producers are like, I did a show called Viva Laughlin and there was a big producer in, in the writing room. I'll never forget this. One of the biggest life, life lessons I had for the industry. He's in the room and he's talking about this um, sex scene that's supposed to happen and how they're going to be in the room in the library and it's going to transform into this, this rainforest and they're in loincloths and it turns into that whole thing. And then it, there's a room of like writers. There's like 10 people in the room and it's silent. And he goes, you're right. That's a terrible idea. Moving on. <laughs> this was everybody's boss. Right. And he didn't have, a, he didn't, he was like, yeah, right. you guys are absolutely right. That's, uh, that's garbage. Let's right. move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. I get, it's really about results and you know, what's going to work. It's not, the ego has to go out when you need to get the results in there. Yep. Um, I think we found a little theme here uh, with you, which is interesting, which is from the moment you're, you're doing your craft, uh, I mean, with really no 
original formal training, that training came later, but I mean, just go out, step out and do it and do it every day, all day to the, to the producer, to the, to the Pasadena Playhouse thing where you're, you're speaking your mind and, and you got two options. One is to wait for them. And the second is to speak it out mm-hmm. to this. I mean, that's the lesson, isn't it? Is to yeah. you know, Hey, you, you have a voice, make sure it's heard. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and not everyone's going to be on your side, but that's okay. Right. Somebody at some point, some circle is going to expand because you've, you've used your voice. Yeah. Fascinating. So what you're saying, you're choreographing, did you say rush hour? Which one? Yeah. Rush hour, rush hour three. Rush hour. What are you doing on a, on a piece like that? What do they have you doing? Like what, what's the choreography? Well, the number, the number gets done and it's, it's a, um, you start to look at things from a, from a big picture mode instead of like focusing on like one person at a time. You're looking at this whole thing and imagining it on, on a big screen and looking for, uh, whatever it is that, that, that they're looking for in that scene. Um, yes, they do have to do the steps, right. But at the end of the day, one big thing that I, that I learned about, um, film, especially when it comes to choreography is the depth. They think more of like a front to back, right? Like making sure that that the picture has depth, right? Um, making sure that everyone is doing it full out to their, you know, highest level, uh, because that was what is expected of them, especially working with her, and um, and then you know jobs that were coming in. There was a there were uh, one of my favorite ones was we got this treatment for Adele's music video "Chasing Pavements." Mm. And we got the treatment and we're reading it and it, and it didn't seem to make sense at first. And I remember taking my cell phone and, and using it as a camera in my living room to, to film exactly what the director's vision was of filming this whole thing from the top down, mm. but having everything on the floor really kind of be like the background to a 2D picture, right. which like was so crazy to think about. And that's when they were like, oh yeah, we totally got to do this because the song was great. Right. But the concept, we were like, how do we work with this? Right. And once we figured out how to work with it, it was like, we're doing that. Wow. So it's this, so this it's, big collaborative effort. It's just picturing things in a different medium because the frame, it's not a proscenium stage. It's, the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and what lens are they using? What's the depth of field of the, of the fr- you know, what's the, 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 the frame of the shot? It's thinking in a whole different head for yeah. Per- yeah. movement performance. So when yeah. you're doing these TV things and the movie things, are they... Are the people you're working with dancers, like, or or is it like, I mean, some of, some of them, some and some of them need a little more instruction, I would think, right? Yeah, mainly the actors because they're not I mean. dancers. That's my and, point. Um, when you get an actor, like I was, I had to teach Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell how to do this number. Oh, please tell and, me how this went. <laughs> no, oh, it's great. We show up, we we do the whole number in the studio, and I get it done, like, and I'm doing it full out because that's what I've been taught to do is just to like, you know. turn it up to 12 and let's do it and learn the steps and make sure it's perfect. It's like, great. Then I show up and there's we're in this big tent and it's me and my boss. And then in walks Will Ferrell and it's just like the three of us. And, and she goes, I'm going to turn on the music and then you're going to watch Dan and this is what we're going to make you do. And I do it and I do it full out. I'm like, he's going to think this is awesome. And then I'm done. And he looks at me and goes, we're, we're filming this in 20 minutes. I can't learn this in 20 minutes. So what can we do with this? And then it became, how much can we strip away right. until he can do what he does? Cause he says this still has to, if it's not good, it's not going to be funny. Right. And if I try to do it like that, it's not going to be good. I need it to be good. Right. And so, um, so we just started stripping away different things and ran it a few times with him 
uh, at a until, until it got to a point where it looked like he had done it himself. Right. And uh, and then they found it. That's amazing. Do you have any? Are there other uh, examples like that where where you're at in a crunch like that where you you got to I mean, you got to adjust quickly for, for that kind of stuff for camera? Uh, off the top of my head, no. But I'm sure there was a moment. <laughs> there was had the, to be. Was, I was looking. Did, did, did Dan send me, uh, 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 Ed send me something about uh, the Oscars or the Emmys or did some live TV stuff? There? Oh, yeah, with Hugh Jackman. Okay. Oh, my God. One of the nicest guys you'll ever work with in your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so professional. We did. We were in the rehearsal studio and filmed what the dance was. He's like, just get me a video of it. <laughs> get him the video of it. Did he and he like came that? into the next rehearsal and it was fully memorized, doing a full out, like as if he was a theater performer. Wow. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And on top of that, he knew everybody's name. I was like, what did you do between <laughs> the other day and today? It well, was- uh, There you go, talk about discipline. I mean, oh. and and he is a he's a uh, he's a pretty fantastic musical theater performer, isn't he? I mean, mm -hmm. he's done quite yeah. a few of those. Wow! So did he say it like that? Did he say it like Wolverine? Like uh, you know, <laughs> just give me just give me the video. No, <laughs> just give me the video. That's right. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he no, he was he was great. That's awesome. So yeah. these are fantastic experiences out in L.A. At yeah. what point are you going? Do you make your way back? Uh, and where when does Broadway finally come into your your picture? Uh, in in the career how does how does the how do you get back to the theater well, here well i thought it was going to be with a show called wonderland mm -hmm. it was um my boss had actually booked that uh show and uh and then i went in and had to audition because you really you know one out of the six people on the creative team knew who i was so she's like you got to go in there and you got to show everybody else what you do or else you're not going to get the job mm -hmm. and uh so i went in auditioned got it and we did an out of town run at, in Florida. And after that out of town run was done, uh, I went back to LA and, and that musical theater bug had just like nipped at me again. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta go back to this. I miss it way too much. I didn't get to do the things I wanted to do. I never got to be on Broadway. We never, I knew at that point there was a chance that that show wouldn't go to Broadway. So mm -hmm. I didn't throw any eggs in that basket. And then um, ended up booking the Rock of Ages tour. It, it auditioned in LA and um, it was, uh, I was out on that tour for three months and I had put in my contract, again, this is one of those negotiator contract deals, that if Wonderland went to Broadway that I would be able to leave the tour without any repercussions. And we got that in there and Wonderland was going to Broadway. So I left the Rock of Ages tour three months in to do wonderland now we do one more out of town run of wonderland in tampa and in the middle of that run i get a call from the people at rock of ages saying hey we're reopening the show at the helen hayes theater wow. and we'd like you to play the lead wow. and i was coming back from the harry potter experience in what is it universal whatever with my friends and i'm like uh inside internally freaking out and on the phone and and then like uh, on the phone what i'm actually saying is oh yeah let me let me talk to my agent and see what they have to say about such an idiot. I should have said, just been like, hell yeah, this is amazing. Right. But I was like, no, 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 let's be professional about this. Right. And so, uh, so I said, yeah, I'll get back to you, which I already knew that I was going to do it. And all my friends in the car, they started blasting, don't stop believing. And we were singing all this music and we're like, holy shit, you're going to be on Broadway. And, uh, and we took it and I ended up leaving Wonderland. Right. 
uh, to do Rock of Ages. So, all right. So now for for somebody uh, who might be interested in this kind of a thing, you got to walk us through this experience. You know, you're, you're th- that first day of rehearsal or whatever that first day is where you're where you join that production mm-hmm. at Helen Hayes and you're ready to go. First of all, did you take the train there? Did you drive there? <laughs> you know, like what what is the what is going through your mind? What are you looking at? What is the what is the taste and sense memory of this of this experience? First Broadway moment. Well, I rented a studio on 72nd Broadway, so I didn't have to drive in and out of the city or take the train in and out of the city. And I get there and it was honestly like every other professional production you could be in because the the gig doesn't the the work doesn't change the the words and the music change and the creative team changes but what's expected of you does not change you show up having at least a grasp especially if it's a show that's been done of what the show is about and the music that you're going to sing um like like if you showed up and you didn't know like waiting for a girl or something like that and and they're like what's wrong with you you're starting the show didn't you listen to the album didn't you think maybe i should know these songs before i showed up and the truth is yeah you should right that's really what's expected of you and there are other people that go on to the side of well if i'm not getting paid yet i'm not gonna work it's like yeah that's why you don't work right you have to do a lot of that that preemptive studying before you get there because the truth is you have to show up trying to be the best one in the room mm-hmm. and the most prepared one in the room um, and that's got to kind of come from a place of professionalism because if it doesn't, people are going to hate you because you're going to look like an asshole. <laughs> so it's really just, it's true. And so you show up and just like, know your shit, just know your shit, do mm-hmm. the work. Uh, you have a really great opportunity. Don't squander it. And then, um, yeah, you show up every day and you, you kill it every day. And then you go home and you rehearse every day. You call your friends and family and tell them, don't call me for the next you know month and a half. And you, you spend every waking moment making that, the best it can be wow. and it will be the best if you do that what is the uh what's the rehearsal process like for um for for something like that what what, what is it, what's your week like you know your actual what do you do what's the yeah hours? it's like an eight hour day right yeah you show up at nine ten o'clock you're done around like five or six there's there's rules with the union but mm-hmm. how many hours you can can work right and um i don't remember if we got weekends off i think we did i think you work monday through friday and it's and just then, and it's just sort of uh, drilling things over and over again and and routines yeah. and blocking and going over it multiple yeah. times a day or what? Well, that that one was unique because um, we only had two weeks to rehearse the show. Mm. Um, you usually get like four or five weeks, but because it had already been done and the majority of the people in the room had done the show before, they're like, "We can bang this out in two weeks and then we're going to open." I'm like, "Great, two weeks rehearsal for a Broadway show. This is amazing." Wow. Um, but yeah, you you you're in the room and you work with the director and go through the scenes and memorize them and block it and take chances and try to make it your own as much as you can uh, within the parameters that they give you. Um, When you're not doing anything, you have castmates with you and you're running lines, you're running choreography, you're doing everything you can to just shove all this information into your head so that when you get out on stage, it's, you don't have to think you just do. You want to get to the point where you can do the show and, and, and think of you know put your grocery list together while you're singing the song right. you don't want to do that on stage in front right. of an audience right. but you want to memory you want to have it that memorized so from a craft uh from a craft perspective 
as you're rehearsing with this kind of an intense uh, workday, are you are you measuring how much energy you're are you you're not going 11 the whole day, right? I mean, you're not cranking that volume up, or are you? I mean, what is what's um, that like? You want you know you got to warm up before you get to work, right? And when you get there, you kind of I, I, what I like to do is like a slow rollout. Um, not everyone's happy with that, but it's what you're going to get with me because I don't want to show up at nine o'clock in the morning singing, you know, way above the staff. I think that's irresponsible. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to hurt yourself. Um, you know, how many, it, that's like if you were a sprinter right. and you woke up in the morning, took a shower, stretched for like 20 minutes and then got to the track and immediately pushed yourself to 15. It's like, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. You want to start a little bit of a jog. You want to then start running a little bit before you start, get to that point of like really, going for it um yeah but you know, you just show up and and work at your pace but make sure that you give them what they want to see which is a full-out performance at least a couple times during the day right and um yeah and that's it but you definitely you don't want to that's not the time to, to skate through things right right yeah. so uh all right so that night that opening broadway night First of all, I'm not that I'm not familiar with the show. I, I have a peripheral knowledge of, of I'm not a musical theater guy, so I, I don't know too much about it. So who do you play? Who did you play in that? Uh, what was the, uh, the character's name was Drew Bowley. And where does he appear time wise in the in the piece? Like once the curtain goes the up, opening what, number. So yeah, the opening he's, number, he's like, your... yeah, opening number, maybe like a minute and a half into the song. All right. So not even. So, OK, you're backstage, you know, you get the call. Thank you, five. You know, <laughs> you know, lights are down. What is that mm -hmm. feeling like? Your Broadway? Are you thinking about it like that, or are you just doing your job? What is the thing? I don't remember, to be honest with you. <laughs> I honestly do not remember my opening night on Broadway. It was when you're doing the show eight times a week right. for a full year. All of them just start going. The one I do remember, I remember Mother's Day. Cause I had a plan for my mom. I ended up oh. bringing flowers to her out into the audience oh. during the curtain call. <laughs> like, I remember that. I remember um, there was a time where we brought someone up on stage and he proposed to his wife. Wow. Uh, I remember giving the speech for Broadway cares um, equity fights AIDS to collect money for them doing those speeches after the show. Those are the moments that I remember, but standing there, getting ready to go on stage for my first for my first show on Broadway, I don't remember that. Wow, it's just a blur. Yeah. It's just a, a whirlwind of of emotion and energy at that point. I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it now, can you appreciate? Because you put so much discipline and so much work, and you've you've achieved obviously beyond that. But at that point, can you look back at that now and and feel what feel it? But you know, take some. Is there some pride in that? Wow. Of course. Yeah. I think the pride the, 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 the pride comes from like the journey of it all. I, it was less like, oh, I got this one job. And it was more, wow, look what led up to that thing. Right. And then because at the end of the day, that was, that was the goal up until that moment. And then you get done and you think, now what? Well, I've done this. I've done the thing I wanted to do. What do I do now? Right. It's like, get another show. And, but then it's like, well, what show do you want to do? What do you want to do? I ended up... Um, I went to the Philippines two years after that to do a show, which was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life. How it did was that, how theater did that come into worldwide. your life? What was that about? How did that come into your life? That was Tarzan. I got that through uh, through my voice teacher at the time. He he knew the director, and the director was looking for somebody, and he thought I'd be a good fit. So I put myself on tape, and and we had a meeting, and she's like, "Yeah, you're the type." 
Wow. And uh, it was with a girl named Rachel Ann Goh, who played Jane. Um, she ended up doing Miss Saigon and Hamilton here. In the, oh, she did Hamilton in the UK, Miss Saigon on Broadway after that. But she's a huge star in the Philippines. Everybody knows her. Mm. Like, you can't hang out with her without a crowd developing. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> her voice is insane. Rachel Ann Goh. Look her up on um, YouTube. I will. Unbelievable voice. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I went out there and it was... It, it reaffirmed, it, re it, it, it restored faith in, in parts of the industry that I had lost faith in. Um, because when you're on Broadway, you start to feel like a tourist, track, tourist attraction. Mm. You never see your friends and family. I'm from here and I barely got to see my friends and family if they didn't come to the show. Wow. And even if they did come to the show, I couldn't hang out with them because I was so exhausted from working every week. I just wanted to go home and sleep so that I could do the show the next day. Wow. So it was... Um, it was pretty grueling from that standpoint and and knowing that it's it is a business with millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake um so it's you some of the artistry gets removed in in and and more of like the the, the money starts taking over versus going to let's say like the dallas theater center where they have all this money already from donations and it's not about we got to make sure this one show does the thing. And it's about how do we entertain the city of Dallas? Right. We have all this money. Let's use it. And let's use it to the best of our ability to make something new and unique. And we could take chances. Mm. Whereas in New York, it's, we can't do that because people might not like it. It's like, you don't know. You have to, you got to have the guts to make a choice. Wow. And yeah. so, 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 so the Philippines experience was like that then. It, it, oh, it's great. Yeah. It was all paid for already. And so we were just, we just showed up and we were like, all right, how do we make this the coolest experience ever? And everyone was like really happy to be there and working together and helping each other out. And Was it your first time kind of out of the country for an extended period of time like that? Or had you done it? Um, no, I had done the, the, the China thing, oh, right, Korea, right. Japan right. and all that That's before. Right. So I was kind of ready for it. And, um, but the culture there was great. It's all about family and food and yeah, it's the, the everyone is super nice with each other, and so many killer singers out there. Really? I mean, so many killer singers. Wow. It's very intimidating. Yeah, really. So that so in anything you had done up until that point, you go over there and it's like, wait a minute, what what are they feeding these people? What's going on over here? Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's more? singing is ingrained in wow. the culture over there. It's it's awesome. That's incredible. So yeah. after that tour. Uh, the other thing I, he, he uh, Ed uh, uh, slipped under my desk was the Glee, which is again uh, something I'm not too familiar with. But how does how does television come into your life? Did were you actively auditioning for television and film, or were you strictly yeah. a theater performer? Like, what was that about? Um, theater was the thing that was booking the most. Right. Um, TV and film is a whole different beast. It takes a whole different skill set. Yes. Because if you do theater acting on television, you look like a crazy person. <laughs> Whereas if you do TV acting on stage, everyone's like, what is he saying? I can't hear him. Un unless it's for Ryan Murphy. or what, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> In which case, then you could be as nutty and colorful as there you want. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was doing uh, the new Aladdin over at the uh, Tuacon Amphitheater in Southern Utah. Mm -hmm. It was a seven-month contract. And um, I had gotten an audition and, and asked one of my castmates to help put, me, put myself on tape. And that was at the point in my career where you know, you just kind of know some things hit and some things don't. So you don't really put too much. Um, you don't wait with bated breath. Yeah, You're right, not like, exactly. oh, I can't wait to. Right. It's like, no, let me go on there and do my best work, give it and move on. Right. Let it go. Let it go. Right. Well, you let it go. And I just happened to get a phone call this 
time to say, can you be here next week? And I was like, oh shit, I'm in the middle of a show. <laughs> so, uh, so I talked it over with them and they understood the weight of what that a job like that could do. Sure. And, uh, and it became about that point keeping Aladdin going and having to learn lines for a completely different part. So that was weird. Mm. So you're um, so you're doing a show where you say in Utah and you got to what to go to LA to, to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I hadn't done like, I haven't done double duty like that <laughs> since doing stuff at cap. And so it was <laughs> the long Island training comes into hand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's hard because you're alone, you know, it's like, it's, you don't have like your, your peeps. Right. So, right. Right. So, it, so I had to learn the lines and show up and my first scene was with Sarah Jessica Parker, which was <laughs> nerve wracking as hell. I was, you could probably see beads of sweat <laughs> if you zoom in on the video close enough. It's don't think, don't look at that performance as what to do on, on camera. Yeah. Look at it as a, what not to do. Now, it was, up until this point, had you ever done anything on any level film wise? film television like in front of the camera yeah Yeah. i mean like little parts here and there right from when they needed people for some of the jobs that i was doing in la but never like a role right right yeah and what's that experience like when you're stepping foot on a set are the you're coming from a theater world um what are the rules on the on the new in this new world you know know your lines (laughs) know your lines and make a choice and don't wait for someone to tell you what to do yeah it's that it's the same thing. And that was that was one place where I failed because I was waiting for direction because I thought, oh, this is like this is like a, one of the biggest shows on television. I'm sure we're going to sit down and talk about this. No. <laughs> know your lines, show up, make strong choices. Then you go home and you wait for the phone call. Right. <laughs> that's it. It's uh, or that's what that was my experience. I should say right. I shouldn't say that's it. But um, that's about right, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'm sure, like, because the thing is, I thought there was going to be a table read of the of the episode or something that would happen. No, there was none of that. Right. It was it was very much a show up, know your lines, make strong choices. And you ended up that did it become sort of like a recurring thing, or you did you did a few of those shows? Yeah, or? I did two episodes of it. Right, right, right. And um, it was great. After my first episode, I got an email from Eric Stoltz, and he was he like, "Hey, I'm he glad to be these? working with you. I know it could be a little nerve wracking." on a new set trying to find your character but you're i could see that you're doing xyz with this and it's great i was like oh my god and he was he, what? Was, he was the director of the episode right eric Stoltz. yeah did, yeah that's yeah. great that's awesome and i was like it's the pulp fiction guy exactly yeah it's, <laughs> it's the and meanwhile he has this like people. massive career right. and i'm like holy shit it's the pulp fiction guy right yeah for me he's yeah. the fast times at ridgemont high guy yeah yeah mask mask, mask yeah one. absolutely yeah. oh that's awesome yeah. yeah i was just watching what did i watch the other night uh an episode that he directed or something i want to say it was uh ratchet or one of those other ryan murphy things yeah. and he was so he's he did, a smart he's a really smart man yeah it was like that was it's funny because that was one of the most understated but biggest highlights of my career because it wasn't like this big huge moment even meeting ryan murphy i'm standing there and he goes hey dan and i turn i was like oh he goes i'm ryan i'm like hey he goes oh you're taller than you looked in your video i'm like you mean the video that like is like this from here up? right yeah so why is that but, uh, why is that uh why why do you say that what what about it was the the highlight that, that well it's just one of those things it's like the hugh jackman thing or the will ferrell thing you walk in a room and you're like holy moly i'm with the 
with right. these people, it's what? Mm-hmm. He was Will Ferrell was like the biggest paid comedian in Hollywood at the time. Right. Like who the hell ends up in a room with that? That's a unique experience. And um so so you walk out of it and you're and in hindsight you're like, holy shit, that was major. But when you're there, you're like, I'm just trying to do right. good work. Right. <laughs> just let me just not fall on my face. Right. So do you have uh do you have uh siblings? Mom and dad still alive? Like what's the family yeah. like? Yep. Everybody's yep. still mom, dad, I have a sister. So during this whole journey, how what's the I know you gave mom the flowers at the at the Broadway on Mother's Day, but I mean what's the what are they are they were they supportive all the way through from little yeah. kid all the way through and what do they think of you now? Yeah, I think they realized that they couldn't tell me what to do when I was younger. <laughs> but yeah, no, they were just they were super supportive and and in, in, in anything that I do. Even right. though there were moments throughout the past like this like almost year twenty that I've been doing this. Right. And there have been points where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. This is, it's like this constant climb. And uh and they're supportive of it all. They're just like, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Right. They know. You know, they're in their seventies. Yeah, they know yeah. what it's like to be happy. They know what it's like to not be happy. Right. Yeah. So uh, I also saw noticed that you're doing you're involved in a couple of different charities. So why don't you talk a little bit about you know some of that stuff? What you do there? The the uh, particularly with children. There there's something about uh, helping children and stuff that you. Yeah, I got involved uh, with the Lollipop Theater back in 2010, 2009, 2010. That was, and um, they reached out when I was doing Rock of Ages. Uh, and it was about going to a uh, children's hospital and, and, and just kind of entertaining them and, and talking with them because a lot of them were there and, and, and no, no one wants to be in that situation. No. And it's a very tricky dance when you get there because you, want, you don't want to um, look at them and be like, hey, cheer up. It's like, no, you want to kind of empathize right. and let them know that, that, that yeah, you, know, you want to go home. And, and, and I get that. But, you know, I'm just here to, like, hang out with you and, like, with maybe sing some songs. You got questions about what I do for a living. I got questions about you as a person. There was someone else that worked that reached out and they were, they had, they were, um, that an anti-bullying organization that they were trying to start. And, and so we did, like, a series of interviews and, you know, we took some photos and I told them about you know, my history with bullying and or being bullied rather not bullying right, right, yeah. <laughs> my history with being a bad guy in high school that's right all, no. the, all that ass you were kicking everywhere all this yeah right <laughs> yeah um so yeah there's there's a lot of people that reach out when when you're doing shows especially if you're doing a high profile show right. and you don't say no you just you make it work because even if it, even if there is oh, this is going to sound like such a line even if there's one person that you reach but it's true right um, you're doing something good. One thing um, I've noticed for myself is that I have more of a reach through social media than I do working through somebody else's organization. Hmm. What one I would do, I went through this year where I would do um, live streaming every week. I would do a one hour live stream and it started out with, you know, 10 people showed up and 20 people, then 30. And then before you know, it, you have like 100, 200, 300, 500. Wow. And it becomes a thing. And then you, you realize that you develop like this little culture <laughs> and this little place for people to come and just kind of forget about their day. Right. And, um, but then what happens is people start asking you for advice. Dear Dan, I, someone at school doesn't like me and I don't know what to do. Uh, and you're like, Oh shoot. All right. Let's tell them what to do. Wow. And let's give, let's tell them what you went through. 
And then the crazier part that happens is you start hearing from parents and they're like, thank you so much for talking to my kid. They were just so closed off before and I didn't know how to get through them. And now they're like dancing around the house and they're singing or they, they're like someone else has been out there and they made it and they went through the same thing and they, they don't feel so alone. And you start to realize, oh shit, nothing's really changed. Since when I, since I was in high school, like it's still going on. Right. It's in fact, it's probably much more difficult for them because we didn't have this, the, the electronics that follow us oh. home. I mean, you could, could you go, imagine you go home and hide in, in your room or something if you wanted to, but you can't now. Mm-mm. So what is that? So two, so two things. What does that feel like? First of all, it's sort of an unexpected uh, role that I don't think you expected to play. And then once you're into it, what is that? Now you're, you're giving advice to. Yeah. What is what does that do for you? What are, what are you thinking? I love about? it. Yeah, really. I got to be honest with you. It's it's there were there were two things that I wanted out of my career. I wanted to start on a Broadway show. The reason I wanted to start on a Broadway show is because I wanted to have a platform. I wanted to have reach to be able to to um, to change people's lives for the better. Uh-huh. Because I always used to say, coming up through the ranks, I would say, oh, we're in the business of making memories, right? Okay. People go home and they think about the show and they're like, oh, remember when I went to go see this show and remember this and. It, li- it lives inside them for a very long time. Um, and it didn't, I didn't have that reach that I wanted though when I was doing Rock of Ages. I didn't get that reach until I was doing Heathers. Um, I did this off-Broadway show and there was a bootleg that ended up online that ended up blowing up and becoming like this worldwide, literally worldwide wow. thing. And that's when I had the reach that that I wanted because I hated the fact that that kids growing up were going through the same things that I was because I thought by now, especially with the way we were communicating through social media, that we would have figured out how to handle those situations. But the truth is they haven't. No, they're not being, kids are not being armed with anything other than what I was taught, which is, well, just ignore them. They're just trying to get to you. And it's like, you can't ignore it when it's in your face. So when it's in your face, how do you handle it? Like give them the tools to disarm those situations instead of just saying, yeah, just walk away. It's like, yeah. And then they throw a snowball in the back of your head. Like you can't just walk away from someone that's pursuing you like that. You have to confront it and shut it down. It's something other than like an equal fist to the face. So it really was social media and your performance through social media that gave you the reach. This is interesting because uh, we're going to wrap up in a bit, but, it comes out late that that this is really what you're looking for. Aside from just the performance career, it's the it's the platform. Oh, yeah. It's the platform, yeah. and it's a platform particularly for for young people to see. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you're you feel like you're doing it to the extent you want to do it? Um, I think it's a roller coaster. Yeah. There are some times where it feels like you're doing it to the extent you want, and then there are times where you're giving, 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 and you think shit i have to worry about myself for a second i have to put my mask back on before i help you with yours and that comes what's that what does that mean um you know like when you're on the airplane and they're like (laughs) yeah the oxygen mask comes up make sure you put yours on first before you help your neighbor or else you're going to pass out and now you're both just sulking that kind of mask okay that kind of mask yeah (laughs) your oxygen mask okay your oxygen yeah yeah so you have to help yourself first and put yourself in a good place before you can spill that that help over to somebody else are you because are you in a good place where's your where's your life now are you are you happy with where you're at oh right now i'm very happy yeah 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 Yeah. i'm i'm home 
Um, I'm helping my family out right now. We just had like a family crisis happen, but it ended up working out very, very well. Um, so I'm spending time between here and um, I've been in this great relationship all year, which is like, I'm putting energy into that. I'm starting to put my mask back on for a little bit. All right. And then, um, yeah, because when COVID hit, when George Floyd happened, the world, we were in a dark place yeah. and um, it wasn't the time to, to go on social media and be like, look at me. It's like, mm. Right. Now's not the time. <laughs> right. Right. Smart. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I think, like I said, I think the way the things are bending, I think we're going to turn that corner pretty quickly. And uh, and it, it, a new normal or a different sense of normalcy, whatever it is, things will flatten out. That curve will flatten out for all of us, and there'll be a chance for us to get back to expressing what we, we want to do. So when yeah. we do that, what is it that you want to do? Is there something... That you, a part you've always wanted to play, a, a direction you want to take your career from this point. Where do you want to go now? Um, I want to. I want to direct more. Oh, I yeah. started directing before COVID hit, and it really is um, feeds into the wanting to see results, wanting to see other people grow for mm-hmm. the, the better. Um, whether it's reaching out to kids about what they're going through in school, or reaching out to actors and saying, "You have more inside of you, and we're going to pull it out, and you're going to see it, and you're going to feel amazing after." And that is, it's such a rewarding experience to, to see people discover something inside themselves that they didn't know was already there. Absolutely. Yeah. So you think you get that, you have some, anything lined up? You want to, anything you're looking at or? No, there's no, not right now. I'm not going to put focus until the new year. I'm just right. going to focus on uh, Thanksgiving. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving here at home and I'm going to do the same thing for the, the holidays now. Awesome. And, uh, and focus on it in 2021. Well, last last couple of things. Uh, one, because you because you uh, have a platform. What are the platforms? Where where can people find these these things where they can connect with you and see your streams and see the social media and stuff? What are they? All right, uh, my Instagram is pretty dead right now because I just archived everything. But it's uh, at Dan Dominich, and then Twitter is at Dan underscore Dominich, and uh, and you can go to dandominich.com and and see some stuff there, but you know, right. we'll update that in 2021. <laughs> and, absolutely. And last little button just for, just for this platform, you have a platform right here uh, for whoever's listening. I hope somebody's out there listening and watching, but for this Someone little is. platform, what do you tell that young performer, uh, you know, who's, uh, who's out in, you know, uh, Ohio or, or who's out, who's out in, uh, in, on the East end of Long Island, in Ronkonkoma. In Ronkonkoma, <laughs> you know, trying to do, uh, trying to do theater out here who, who wants to get to that, that Broadway stage or that, that television show. What, what do you tell them? What's the, what's what Start are they- auditioning, do it every single day from the minute you wake up in the morning, get your routine going and practice, practice, practice every single day. If you don't, there was a, a quote, I think it's Pavarotti that said, if I don't practice for a day, I hear it. If I don't practice for two days, my friends and family hear it. If I don't practice for three days, everybody hears it. Wow, that's fantastic. Dan, I thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, fantastic. I learned a lot, and, and, I, and I know people who are listening and watching uh, got a real great insight into uh, a working uh, artist who, who started where we all start and got to uh, some great heights. And I wish you can continued success and and i hope your platform grows and i hope the, the kids, likewise yeah well thank you so much and i hope the kids and everybody you reach uh, learn as much uh, from you as we did from you today thanks 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 for having me this is awesome thanks man all right ed awesome job so c- come say yeah yeah hang on. all right Ed's just wrapping up the uh, technical <laughs> part of it. hey can you say hey dude <laughs> good seeing you
Hey, good seeing you too. That was fun. <laughs> so we didn't get to directly talk, but 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 uh, that was awesome. I was listening in on everything. We cut it up, and uh, great seeing you, man. Yeah, great seeing you too. All right, guys. All right, all right. Best of luck. Take, Take care. care.